Welcome to The Corporate Coven, a podcast that explores the intersection of mysticism and the modern workplace. On this show, we discuss how to bring your spiritual craft and practice into the workplace. We'll talk to people who have found ways to include ritual and spirituality into their everyday work and hear from experts on the topics of how to stay spiritually connected while managing the demands of the modern workplace. Our host, Jessica, is a certified career counselor, HR outlaw, and vocational astrologer. If you've ever wondered how to bring your spiritual practice into the workplace, this podcast is for you. Join us as we radically transform workplaces to be a little more magical. What's up, witches? Welcome back to another episode of the Corporate Coven Podcast. This is the Taurus at Work podcast episode. If you've been following my podcast for a while, then you know that I have a few other Zodiac Sign at Work episodes out. I'm trying to think of the first one that I did, actually. I could have looked this up before I started recording. Uh, I think Virgo at Work was maybe the first one. And then I've been moving through the Zodiac Wheel, meaning that when I post Leo at work will be done and final and I will have covered all 12 zodiac signs. But if you're a Taurus, if you have a strong Taurian placement, like if you have your midheaven in Taurus, or even if you have a Taurian sixth house, you might work in Taurian environments. And if you don't know what that means, I'm going to tell you in this episode, I'm going to talk all about Taurus, what you need to know about Taurus to interpret the sign and the placement in your chart and how that might show up for you in the workplace. If you're new around here, then what you may not know, but hopefully are excited for, is in addition to talking about the zodiac sign in the workplace, I make a correlation and a connection between the zodiac sign and one of these signature themes that come out of the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment and Gallup, which I'm a big fan of and I talk a little bit more about in the episode. So here we go. Let's talk about Taurus at work. To begin, let's talk about Taurus as a fixed earth sign. When we think about fixed earth, a few words that come to mind are solid and dense. It actually reminds me of Toph from Avatar The Last Airbender. If you've ever watched that anime, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, it's on Netflix and it's so good. Toph is stubborn, but not immovable. And fixed earth, similarly, can be molded, shaped, and used to build structures. Because it holds shape, it's great for putting down roots and holding nutrients. It makes the soil really fertile, and then it can be home to a lot of diverse ecosystems. Earth signs are really related to health and to wealth. So Taurus is going to be concerned with our body, a physical resource that we have, and money in some way because it's an earth sign. Taurus is tangible and material. So Taurus is ruled by Venus, and we think about sensual pleasures. It's the kind of beauty that you can see, hear, feel, smell, and what's taste. <laughs> you can taste. This is also expressed in what we find valuable or something that we want to invest in. The idea of like what's worth putting our roots into because it will nourish and restore us. Taurus likes to be planted and fed from where it sits. 
And so you think about this in Taurus season. This is the fixed earth sign of spring. And it's when it's warm enough outside, but still moderate or temperate, perhaps. And so plants can grow. They're already shot up through the earth. That's Aries season, right? We talked about that in the Aries at work episode. Taurus is where now it's just growing. It's maintaining and sustaining that part, like where it's, you know, fixed in nature. Like I'm alive right now. And we think about this idea of a root system because they don't move around. Like, right? Like you're planted in one spot because this is where the earth is good. This is where the nutrients come up. I'm getting the vitamin that I need. I'm getting the sunlight that I need. I'm getting the water that I need. So I'm just going to sit right here and thrive, basically. And if you think about growing a plant as well, I mean, that's a lot of energy to work and to maintain. So you need like those down periods. And I think that's why like the soil is so important. You don't want to invest all of that time and patience in the process if you're not going to yield a bountiful harvest. You're not going to plant where the earth is not good or the soil isn't rich because you need it for food. You need it for, you know, your own purposes of maintaining and sustaining your life and your physical body. So this idea of like a return on your investment uh, seems important, but don't think of investment maybe strictly as monetary. Think about it as the investment of your energy, the investment of your attention and of your presence. It needs to be worthwhile. It needs to be valuable. And one of the ways that we dictate or that we decide what is valuable through the lens of Taurus is what feels good, what tastes good, what looks good. It's those senses again, right? Like those sensual pleasures because it is interacting with our physical environment, with our body, with these things which are tangible. And it's the work and the effort that you put into those things because of what it gives back to you, what it feeds back to you, the way that it nourishes you and restores you. I don't remember if I've talked about these zodiac symbols in every episode, but for Taurus, it's the bull. And we think about the beast of burden with Taurus. We think about the reliable, steadfast, and hardworking, but rather peaceful and somewhat docile, you know, easy to uh, domesticate because, you know, they like the simple pleasures. Just give them their space, give them some grazing land, give them the things that feels good. And as long as they feel at peace with their environment, they'll be peaceful as well. And they're willing to work for a fair exchange for that fair investment. And if you aggravate the bull or agitate the bull, I'm a big rodeo fan looking forward to the rodeos this summer. And I love the extreme bull riding. It's so incredible to watch these like big, massive animals. And then like the brave cowboys and like bullfighters that are in the ring, you know, keeping everyone safe. It's, it's really wild to see an, an animal that big just standing in a pasture one moment. And then the irritation from the belt has them like kicking and jumping and doing these very athletic moves. And so you can think of like the bull in the China shop or, you know, Ferdinand, the bull and, and the, uh, well, anyways, when Taurus is activated or when Taurus is challenged or agitated, 
it can definitely fight back and it has a lot of weight behind it. With Venus ruled, we again think about like the idea of a cash cow or like, you know, how a lot of times wealth historically was measured in cattle or the value of something was measured in how much cattle you could get in exchange for it. And so this is again connecting this to those earth element qualities and values of your health, the things that interact with your body and sustain your life, and also your wealth. You know, what are those resources or what items or tokens or things do you have in your life which represent value to you? You know, it's interesting recording this podcast when I am because I've actually had a ton of conversations at work recently, my day job, about values, talking about like, you know, what a value is, what are the principles, why are they important in your life? What do they do for you? And all of these things. And the whole time I'm just the astrologer in the office. That's like, Oh my gosh, it's the second house in the natal chart. <laughs> and this is like a, you know, a Venus, like this is a Taurian. Like these are all like these themes that I'm thinking about as I'm preparing for this episode. But then I'm also talking about it all the time. I have actually a career values card sort that I keep with me almost at all times and definitely in my office. And it's a way to help clients give language to and prioritize their values and really clarify what their values are. And this is so important and valuable as an individual when you're working on your own branding or especially when you're working in your own business as an HR witch, working for companies that have really clearly defined values and where they are like elevated and prioritized and really lived through the culture. They are such more enjoyable places to work. And they're also like more like effective and sustainable. Like this is something that you see a lot of big companies have and a lot of smaller like companies that like struggle to scale or really grow and especially struggle to retain talent. They don't have the values and it actually has nothing to do with the resources or like the pocketbooks. Like this, this concept of values is not super difficult to figure out, but prioritizing it and living it is something that's difficult and requires your own commitment and steadfastness to them and like that diligence in dedicating yourself to them, which is very Torian. It's very fixed earth, right? And the companies that don't do that and are changeable with their values and can't really like focus on them, like you will find that it's harder to retain your employees. So if you're a business owner, if you're a people leader, and especially if you're just a professional, it's branding yourself as such and trying to make big moves in your career. It's really important to get clear on what your values are. This is also an element of high-performing teamwork. When teams can come together and communicate what they as individuals, like what their values are, but also what the values of the team are and commit themselves to those values, they work so much more effectively with each other. And so bringing in strengths to your professional life and also to your organization that you're running, like every witchy entrepreneur that has interns or even contractors or actual employees doing a strengths group like work or group training together can be so powerful for your organization. So I definitely love strengths. I've done this a lot for clients and for, uh, you know, my day job and with students, like I love strengths and that's why I'm so excited to talk about it at the end of this episode, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me slow down a little bit because I love talking about ways that you can spot Taurus energy at work. And again, I've done this for other zodiac signs. So if you also have a different sun sign, moon sign, midheaven, ascendant, whatever that is, ruler of the midheaven, then go back and listen to some of those other episodes because I share even more of this there. 
Okay, I need to take a breath. So spotting Taurus at work. These workplaces are going to be casual and comfortable. Probably a lot of plants. <laughs> There's going to be snacks. Oh man, food is going to be a big part of that organization's culture. There's going to be couches and comfortable sitting places. It might have like lower lights or more like mood lighting. There's going to be like a visual aspect to it. Like you're going to walk in and, and as you do like a physical space audit where you're just looking around at your external environment and trying to tell yourself, you know, what am I meant to feel here? What message are they conveying? What values are they showing me? And what I can see, like that's going to be a really big value is like comfort. You can be comfortable here. This is a comfortable space. Um, you know, those creature comforts. A lot of us, when we feel anxious or we feel like bored or tired or like something like that, like one way that we cope or dissociate or, or move through or like refocus or restore, or, you know, we, we start to eat. We really like consume food and we take care of that part of our body um, to kind of like get us back somewhere or to like make us feel comfortable in some way. And so you're going to see food, a lot of food options at these places, tons of room for people to have snacks, maybe even like a pantry. Um, I'm thinking like cafeterias, vending machines, like parties and events always have food. Like, uh, that's going to be a, again, like a big part of the culture is just like, Hey, you can be comfortable here. You can eat here, probably looser and more casual dress codes, even in professional environments. This is not suit and tie. This is like polo and like vans. Like this is, um, you know, like, yeah, we're professional, but we're also super comfortable, you know, like maybe shirts are tucked, but definitely like collars are not buttoned all the way up to the neck. And I know that's like a lot of like male dress, but like for women, like, um, you know, you, you're just, what are you comfortable in? That's, what's going to be accepted. I'm thinking like, I would be able to wear my yoga pants. Not everyone wants to wear yoga pants to work, but like I would be able to wear tennis shoes, you know, as long as I looked presentable or, you know, appropriate for my level of management, I could still be really casual and comfortable. Um, and maybe even have like more of like an artistic expression. Cause again, it's Venus and actually clothes might be a big part of the the culture as well. Like if, even if like you're working out of like a fitness studio or yoga studio or something like that, then they probably sell like merchandise in the front. Like, you know, there's, you can get the, the bracelets or the yoga mats or, you know, stuff that you can wear while you practice or something like that. Like clothes will also be a part of it. Those are some of the tangible things, but some of the other things that you might notice immediately, you might hear come up in like the interview process, or if you're already working in a very Torian environment, then this is what it might feel like once you're already there. And this is more of like uh, a general essence, I guess, of the work environment, like kind of like the way that work gets done is that there might be an established way of doing things. Like this is the way that we do things. Uh, it's not the same thing as maybe like brand guidelines that feels a lot more Libra, like the rules of the artwork, especially in like the way that you communicate in Taurus, it's feeling a lot more like, you know, uh, everyone comes in at this time, like, you know, workday always starts at like around eight 30. If you get here earlier than that, that's like kind of weird. If you get here later than that, then, you know, like that's maybe like a little bit more. Okay. But like everyone generally starts around this time. It's an unspoken rule. We always do things this way. Uh, Fridays, we always go out like for lunch. These are the days that we always work from home. Uh, this is just like the way that we do things. And that might like at its worst, it can show up in like a, a 
problem in training, it's not going to be the most innovative. It's not going to be like, this is a better way to do it. So let's go. It might take a lot more time and like convincing, especially of leadership to make changes unless that change is just about like making things more like comfortable or, uh, about like, you know, this is more valuable. This is like a better, that's, that's actually like a selling point. Like if you're in HR, you're in leadership and you're trying to convince management of something, or you're trying to get budget and you know that it's very like Torian or, or they're very Torian, then you really need to convince them of the value of the return on that investment. Again, how is this nourishing the roots? Um, and how little effort can I put into this? process, you know, like I have a lot of work to do. I need to be really thoughtful and considerate with how I spend my money or where I spend my time. And it's the idea of like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. You know, it's fine. And so there is a willingness to grow, but not necessarily to innovate. And it actually makes me think about the idea of like scaling in one product versus diversifying a portfolio. Like, you know, it's interesting and fun to try something new versus like, I do this really, really well. I make good money from it. So let's just continue doing this thing, but let's do it. Let's like, let's do more of it. And I would say that like Torian environments, you might hear this coming out of the mouths of like some of the employees, like, or someone with a very Torian vibe or like prominent Torian placement, they might really begin to feel like a beast of burden. And especially I think when this is, uh, like worn out by their coworkers or their leaders because these individuals are really hardworking and they're reliable. They're the people that you can count on and are always there. I'm thinking of someone that I work with uh, currently, actually, he might be listening to this episode, but he has a prominent tourist placement. And he, even after he's like moved off of my team, he still continued to be like the person that I could go to when I needed help. And he has friends from like when he very first started the company and he's been here for like a ridiculous amount of time considering that he is a millennial, but he is still really close to the people that he met like really, really early on there, but still continues to be this like staple. And he becomes an actual pillar of support. Like he's not even on our team anymore, but he still regularly goes in and supports like his previous team and goes in on their team meetings and, and is like really strategic in that way. Like he's very, very hardworking and become someone that you can count on. But this type of behavior, and I don't know if this is this person's experience, um, but expect that this could often result in someone feeling like worn out by that. It's hard to be the one that everyone depends on. It's hard to be the one constantly putting in long hours. Uh, even if you know that it's a worthwhile investment, even if you know that there will be a good return on that. It's still really exhausting. And so I think that if you want to retain a Torian environment, or if you want to keep employees and not burn them out and make them feel like they need to leave because, you know, they're being overused or overworked, then think about like, what can I do to help Taurus put down roots at my company? You want to let them work at their own pace and in their own space. Again, prioritize the idea of comfort. And I don't mean to reinforce, like, as I was saying this, I was just like, oh man, like sometimes Taurus gets the stereotype of uh, laziness of like, I will not be moved. But again, it's like, that's an expenditure of energy and I work really hard anyway. So what's going to be worthwhile? Like, why would I want to move if everything that I need is like right here? And it's not laziness. It's actually like a prioritization. What is most valuable? And how do I put that forward? And so 
this isn't necessarily remote work, but like absolutely remote work. Let me be in my space. Like I like reduce the amount of effort on my part and I'm more likely to stay. And if remote work isn't in that environment or if you need someone like, you know, in store, in office or, you know, whatever that is in a specific environment, then that space needs to be comfortable for them. It needs to be nourishing for them. There needs to be things in that environment that help them restore. I mean, like it feels so cliche to say, but like, it's so true, like nap pods, quiet rooms, you know, walking paths outside, uh, you know, I don't know, get creative with it. There's a lot of things that you can do in your physical space and like things that you can do in your office to bring in like, you know, the earth element in feng shui or, um, just to like provide like stable tasks and, you know, feelings of security and things like that. Like there's things like that, that you can do and HR can help you out with, um, to retain that type of character and those types of qualities in your workplace, but also in your workforce. And if you are an entrepreneur, and you're listening to this, you better damn well be taking notes because this is how you are going to be successful and really be able to sustain your own energy and replenish your own spirit and strength and honor this Taurian energy within yourself and within your business. These are the things that you can do to really lean into that and not again, feel overworked and overburdened and needing these like longer periods of rest because you've gone too far for too long. So pay attention to what this like aspect of your chart. Cause I don't know if you're listening for your sun sign. Hopefully we definitely have some Taurus moons in here. Um, you know, Taurus midheavens, Taurus ascendants, Taurus in the sixth house, uh, even Taurus in the second, uh, you know, if you have like a prominent Taurian placement that's influencing or impacting your career and your natal chart, then this is going to be really important to pay attention to. All right, folks, let's talk about signature strengths. And if you are new around here, because every now and then I get like a spike in new listeners and uh, new connections on different social media platforms, that's kind of happened recently. So if this is one of the first Zodiac sign episodes that you've been listening to, and you might be wondering, like, why is she talking about the strengths finder? Maybe you don't even know what that is. Well, I am a vocational astrologer, meaning that I use astrology to help people in their career and in their business. And I have a master's degree in career counseling, which is where I first learned to use the Strengths Finder with clients. This was back 2015. And I've continued to, sorry, I just had a moment where I was like 2015. That's like almost 10 years ago. You guys, I'm having an existential crisis right here as I'm recording this episode, but I'm not going to edit it out. I'm going to, I'm going to push forward, but wow. Yeah, I started using StrengthsFinder back. I took it first in 2008, but then I started studying it formally in school and applying it and like working with students and internships back in 2015, but I've continued to use it in my day job in HR. I've trained leaders and I've facilitated mentoring programs, implementing the Clifton StrengthsFinder assessment, but I've also used it in my business here at the Corporate Coven. And I do love to draw the correlation between the Clifton Strengths signature themes, as well as Gallup's four domains of leadership with the zodiac signs and the four elements. I've written an article about this on LinkedIn, and I am going to link that in the show notes along with the link to the Gallup website where you can choose to take the, strip, uh, <laughs> the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment if you would like to. Um, so you definitely go and check that out. But let's assume that you know what I'm talking about and move forward. So as an earth sign, Taurus will be connected to the executing domain of leadership. And these strengths and 
domain of leadership, they want to answer the question, how do I make things happen? This is so you can turn your dreams into reality, right? Like, how do I make this happen? What action do I need to take, right? How do I do this? And that's so earth. It's very much like interacting with your environment. It makes you think about the pentacles in tarot and how, you know, this is really about using your resources. It's about applying them. It's not just about having them, but what do you do with them to move your life forward, right? So choosing only one signature theme for Taurus was actually so hard for me. One of my very best friends, Erin from Shatter Stress, I've had her on the show before. She is a Taurus and she has a few executing strengths in her top 10. And so as I was reading through them and like revisiting them and and thinking about which do I feel like is the best embodiment, which do I feel like is most closely aligned or such an obvious like correlation to Taurian energy, I was just thinking about her and all of her strengths. Um, and so I did finally land on one. I narrowed it down. And the one that I felt most honored and embodied the steadiness of Taurus is the signature theme of focus. Now, just to be clear, whenever I talk about this and when I make this correlation, I want to make sure that no one is thinking, oh, okay, so I'm a Taurus, meaning that when I take the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment, I should count on having focus as one of my top strengths. Alternatively, I would definitely not make a promise that every person who has like focus is going to have a really prominent, strong, like Taurus placement somewhere in their chart. Uh, and that's because life isn't that clean. We don't fit into boxes that well. And there's a lot of nuance in not only the way that we work with and interpret astrology, but also with the way that these assessments, um, the way that the research was done and the way that it's reported out on and then used time and time again for training. So just to be clear, this is for fun. This is for informational purposes only. And if you do want to work with someone, you can work with me, but you know, if you want to take the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment and then talk about your natal chart, it would be interesting to see sometimes where these are coming from. In my experience working with my clients, when I ran this pilot episode or the pilot, uh, reading that I did, I said episode because my very first episode on the podcast is all about strengths in the natal chart. And I, this is when I first introduced that concept. That's you know the very first episode of the podcast. But when I launched this as a reading for folks, they take the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment, and then we would do not only an assessment review, but we would also do a natal chart reading at the same time. And, and we would integrate and point out, you know, this is the domain, here's the elemental quality, and this is like the planet or the placement, which is really like kind of giving you this gift. And then we use that and looked at upcoming transits of like, you know, oh, like there's actually a new moon in this sign or it's going to be activating this area. So here are some things that you can do or else, you know, Saturn's going to be here. And here's how this might feel for you and the way that this shows up for you in your work and stuff like that. So it was so fun. And, and there was a strong correlation definitely between the elements and the domains of leadership. And I wouldn't say that I had enough of a sample size to say confidently that like, oh, the zodiac signs always show up with these strengths. But I will say that I do know a few Torians that do have the focus strength. So I feel pretty good with this one, but I never want anyone to feel like I'm pigeonholing you or putting you in a box. You are a being of infinite possibility, but this is such a fun way to merge the modern assessment of the Clifton Strengths Finder with the mystical wisdom of astrology. And that's what the corporate coven is all about. The intersection between 
something a little bit newer and something that's very old and ancient and how when they come together, they really create magic at work. This is one of those fun moments where we get to, to employ this and play with it a little bit. And I think that when I read some of these themes from the Gallup website about focus, you'll really understand the connection here and why I chose focus for Taurus. So on their website, Gallup shares, guided by this theme of focus, you need a clear destination. Lacking one, your life and your work can quickly become frustrating. And if it is not important, then it is not worth your time. And again, I just think that sounds so much like Taurus. It sounds so much like the bull, right? And it's very Venus and a fixed earth sign. If it's not important, then it is not worth my time. And again, you're going to have colleagues, you're going to have coworkers, you're going to have leaders, you're going to have clients and you have likely worked in one of these environments that has this and embodies this Taurian energy. We talked a little bit about what it is at its best and what it is at its not so best. <laughs> and I actually have another LinkedIn article where I talk about your greatest strengths um, as well as weaknesses and how to talk about those in interview preparation. So if you're not connected with me on LinkedIn, I guess go check it out. If you're not sure how to find me, head to my website and I link it all there. And if you're really stoked about the strengths in the natal chart reading, then I am going to bring it back. Um, I had so much fun piloting the reading last year, and I'm super excited to be offering it again. Uh, at the time this episode is initially airing, it's not up on my website, but I will be opening up readings to the Corporate Coven newsletter. The witches there are going to get first access to my bookings link. And so if you want to work with me, make sure that you do sign up for my newsletter. You can join that at my website, thatwitchfromwork.com. And it is a longer reading. It's a little bit of a higher price point. So if you ever want to get the opportunity to work for me with me at a discounted rate, then make sure that you are in that newsletter because I'm going to start doing lottery readings that way. Uh, just as kind of like a fun way to make my work more accessible. That's really important to me. I think that these bring a lot of value. So I want to make it available to as many people as possible while still getting a fair exchange for my value and my time and my acumen. And, and I really have spent so much time studying the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment and using it with folks in their professional development, in their career development in their leadership development. Um, and now I love being able to incorporate this into my vocational astrology and business astrology services as well. So if you loved this episode, I would love it if you shared it with someone else in your life, share it with a coworker who is a Taurus, share it with a friend or a family member. And if you are a Taurus yourself, go ahead and save it. Um, you know, commit to it somewhere, turn on notifications and subscribe to the podcast because I post a lot of other content just like this. All right. We'll catch you later. The next episode that will be coming out is the Gemini at work episode and you won't want to miss it. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Corporate Coven podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and gained valuable insights into the world of personal and professional alchemy. If you want to stay updated on the latest episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and turn on notifications. I'd also love to connect with you on social media, and you can visit my website, 
www.thatwitchfromwork.com to find other ways to connect and work with me. I'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics, so please let me know in the comments on this episode what you're interested in. Until next time, keep working your magic and casting spells of success in your career and life.